Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Rafael Hernandez. I'm the pastor at Essence Place in Hartford, Connecticut. Today, I'm going to be um, talking about a sermon that I did back in February 12, 2023. Um, the reason that I'm recording this today is because during that service, we had some technical difficulties and it wasn't put, it wasn't, um, the out, it wasn't it wasn't uh, recorded and uh, or um, it, it didn't go out on live stream like it normally would. So that is why for those of you that did not see it and or were not there, uh, I just want to give you the opportunity to be able to hear the message. Well, let's pray. We're going to pray for the people of Syria and Turkey. Um, as you know, it's been in the news. Um, I don't know, last count that I saw, it's probably higher by now, 40,000 people have died or more uh, from the earthquake that struck Turkey and Syria. And I want to pray for those folks, if you would join me. Father, Lord, I pray for the, the victims of this earthquake in Turkey and Syria. I pray, Father God, that your grace and your peace, even in the midst of horror, because it is horrific, Father God, be there with the workers, with the, with the people that are helping to rescue them. That it would be with those that are trapped even underneath the rubble as we speak right now, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you continue to do miracles, Lord, saving people that have been underneath that rubble, saving their lives. I pray to be, be with the first responders, be with the medical uh, crew that's there, Father God. Be with those that are um, providing first aid. And I pray, Father God, also be with um, those that, are, um, um, that have experienced the trauma and maybe they're not inside, you know, inside underneath the rubble, but they've experienced the trauma of loved ones and um, parents and children and husbands and wives that are pro that might be, you know, underneath the rubble or that were injured and are in hospital right now, Father. Just be with them, Father God. I pray, Lord, that out of this, your glory would be seen even in the midst of this tragedy father god that your that people would come to know you that people would turn to you that people would would desire relationship with you lord and i pray this in the name of jesus amen and amen well today folks i want to talk to you about um a series we've been doing it's called prayer changes things prayer changes things and specifically, I've titled it, Prayer Changes Things, Praying in the Middle of the Storm. What is a storm or what is a natural disaster? Well, literally, we know that there are many different types of storms, such as snowstorms. We haven't had much of a winter in New England, but normally we go through major snowstorms here in New England. Um, like blizzards, for example. Other types of storms are sandstorms. Um, sometimes our troops, when 
they have gone to places like the Middle East where there's a lot of desert experience sandstorms. Firestorms, we see the fires that sometimes happen in the, in the, in the West, in California and New Mexico and Arizona, you know, and other places, even Colorado, you know, that the dryness causes these fires and they spread and they even destroy homes and, 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 and um, forests and all of that. So firestorms, lightning storms. I remember one time coming back home, we landed in Newark, New Jersey, and we're driving back home. At that time, I lived in Massachusetts, and we were driving back to Mass, and the, it was at night, and the whole sky was lit up with lightning. It was a lightning storm, and it was incredible to see. So lightning storms. Sometimes we have thunderstorms, even without lightning sometimes. My dog is afraid of um, the thunder and hides or, you know, um, whimpers. Or I remember some one day we were going for a walk and um, the thunderstorms came unexpectedly and he just wanted to go back home. Thunderstorms. Droughts. We see droughts all over the world. Hurricanes. We reminded of terrible hurricanes like the Hurricane Katrina that hit um, uh, Louisiana or Hurricane Maria that hit Puerto Rico. Just terrible devastation with winds and rains. And then, of course, tsunamis. Um, I remember the tsunami that hit Japan that was, that was terrible. Torrential rainstorms, landslides, floods, tornadoes, avalanches, volcanoes erupting, and, of course, earthquakes. These are literal storms or natural disasters that happen all around the world. During biblical times, just like today, uh, these types of storms uh, occur, uh, occurred. However, in the Bible, storms have more than just one meaning. Storms can symbolize chaotic, stressful, overwhelming type events that happen in life. Jesus called them trials and sorrows, trials and sorrows. And so one of the first points I want to make as we look at praying in the middle of the storm is that storms are unavoidable. Storms are unavoidable. John 16, 33 um, Jesus says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. You notice, I want to highlight something here in this verse. It says, um, Jesus saying, here on earth, you will have what? Many trials and sorrows. So <clears throat> he's not saying here on earth you're not you know it's going to be a cakewalk. He's not saying here on earth it's going to be a bed of, of roses. It's, everything's going to be easy here on earth. No, he says here on earth you will have, and that's affirmative. You will have many trials and sorrows. But then he says something else. He says, "But take heart because I've overcome the world." So. The first point is that storms are 
unavoidable. Storms are unavoidable. If you're living and breathing as a human being here on this earth, Jesus said, you're going to have trials and you're going to have sorrows. In other words, you're going to go through storms. You're going to go through seasons of storms. These types of storms or trials and sorrows, just like a literal storm, can be external or internal in nature. And some are a mix of both because what happens to us in our external environment tends to affect our internal peace. Let me say that again. These types of storms, trials and sorrows, can be external or internal in nature. And some are a mix of both because what happens to us in our external environment tends to affect our internal peace. What are some examples of external storms? The loss of a job, uh, the loss of a home, experiencing unjust treatment by different things like, or systems like courts, police, government, friends, family, other people at work. The loss of one's health, the loss of a loved one, the loss of one's financial security and savings, experiencing divorce, experiencing emotional, physical, or other types of abuse at the hands of another person, experiencing the loss of how it once was, quote-unquote, how it once was. So all of these are, these are just the tip of the iceberg, really, of what we could say are external storms. There are so many that we can come up with. So external storms happen. Circumstances happen sometimes that are beyond our control, or sometimes we make a decision that puts us in the eye of the storm, puts us in front or in the middle of the storm, all right? We make mistakes, we make bad decisions, or sometimes it's not because of anything we did, it just happens that the storm finds us. And um, these are some examples of those types of external storms. Now, what are some examples of internal storms? Feeling high levels of fear and anxiety. That's something that's in, that you feel inside of you. Doubting God's goodness. Feeling burned out. Feeling overwhelmed and feeling extreme sadness. Experiencing extreme anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, and regret. You know, maybe somebody did something to us and instead of forgiving and letting go, giving it to God, we, we have resentment and we, that turns to anger and that turns to bitterness. And then we have this unforgiveness that sort of um, solidifies inside of us. And that's not good. That's very toxic. And that's an example of an internal storm. Um. An example of an external storm that I went through was that when I moved to Connecticut, I um, had to, obviously I had to get a, a new license and all of that. And in the process of trying to get a license and in the process of the move here, 
Um, since I wasn't born in the United States, I was born in Cuba. I have, um, but I'm a citizen. I have a certificate of citizenship because um, I needed that. And my parents actually became citizens when I was 11 years old, and they gave them certificates of citizenship, and I got a certificate as well. But unfortunately, I had only a copy of mine because the um, the the uh, original somehow in the move was misplaced or lost or even thrown away. So what happened is that when I went to get my license, I needed that um, that um, certificate of citizenship in order to get it, and I didn't have it. I only had a copy. So they told me, listen, they told me you need to get a passport. So, um, but they said, you know, this could take about six weeks. I said, six weeks? Well, I had gotten a job, and in my job, not my pastoral job, another job, I had gotten a job, and in my job, I had to do a lot of driving. And I said to myself, oh boy, I'm in trouble, you know, um, because, you know, uh, what am I going to do now? Um, you know, I got to drive, and um, this is going to expire. My license, my Massachusetts license was going to expire in, I would say it was like a, uh, you know, a week or so. So what I did is I went as, you know, I, I did everything to get the passport. You know, I did all the paperwork and documentation, and, and, but they told me it's going to take six weeks. So I told my employer and, um, you know, I prayed and uh, my employer had a lot of grace on me and said to me, you know what, um, we're going to do the best we can. We're going to work with you. you. You can work from, you know, you can work here at the office, inside the office. Other people can give you rides to visits and things like that. But we, we can't sustain this for six weeks. So... Um, God gave me grace because, you know, they were working with me. Praise God, right? And so what I did is I expedited the process. But even with an expedited process, they told me they could take up to four weeks. And so I was really, because, you know, my, my employers didn't, I, I didn't think they had that much grace, you know, to give me four weeks. So basically, I continued to pray, God, you know, cut the red, cut the red tape, uh, bring that passport sooner rather than later. And in about maybe a week and a half or something like that, surprisingly, the passport came in the mail. And I thought it was going to take like four weeks, but it took a lot less than that. And so, again, that was a storm, an external storm. It, I can't, you know, lie to you. It brought anxiety. I felt anxious. But... What did I do? I went to the Lord. I went to the Lord in prayer. I prayed and I continued to pray and I continued to believe, you know, God, you're going to come through. And God did. Even in the midst of the, uh, you know, the fear and the anxiety, I prayed to God. So that's an example sort of of an external storm and an internal storm, the anxiety, the fear, what's going to happen, six weeks, four weeks, you know, all that. But it's also an example of how one reacts to it, right? We go to the Lord. We go to the Lord in prayer. We, we, we don't, you know, isolate from God or isolate from others, but we go to the Lord. And that's important. So, Again, 
Storms are unavoidable. They're unavoidable. The second point I want to make is that in a storm, having a strong relationship with the Lord is pivotal. Again, in a storm, having a strong relationship with the Lord is pivotal. Jesus said that we cannot avoid storms, right? He said that. But the key to dealing with them is to develop and maintain a strong relationship with God. In um, going back to John 16, this time verse 32 to 33. So reading one more verse, it says this. But the time is coming. This is Jesus. He says, he says but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when you will be scattered each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Who is Jesus talking to here? He's talking to his disciples. He's talking about what's going to happen when they arrest him and they eventually, of course, take him and crucify him. And what they're saying, what he's saying is, guess what, guys? The time is coming when you're all going to run away from me. A storm is coming your way. Um, it's not here yet. The storm that you're going to face isn't here yet, but it is coming. And when that storm comes, you're going to run. You're going to run and hide and you're going to leave me alone. And that's not the best reaction to have in a storm, right? Believe it or not, running away and not facing whatever we have to face is not the best reaction to take. Um, now, obviously, if there's, like, what I'm not saying, and I don't want you to get this idea, is if the, if you're in danger, like, for example, if, if you're walking down a path and you see a rattlesnake, you know, don't keep walking down the path. Or if you're walking down the woods and you see, a you know, a mountain lion, don't keep on walking down the, the woods, right? Or, or if, for example, you, uh, you see something coming that's dangerous, whatever that may be, turn around, right? That's not what Jesus was saying here, okay? What, what, and that's not what I'm saying either. If there's danger, you know, to your life, turn around. But what he's saying is that when obstacles come in our lives, hard times come in our lives, situations come in our lives that could be tough, it could be hard, it could be a health issue, it could be a financial issue, it could be something else that comes unexpectedly. Uh, don't run away from the issue, from the problem, from the situation. God has the power to empower us to face it. Okay, and so he says, but he says to them, you know, this is what's going to happen. This storm's going to come, and what you're going to do is you're going to run. You're going to get scattered. You're going to run away. Now, <clears throat> he he then says something that's very important. He says, guess what? I'm not alone because the Father is with me. All you guys are going to run, but the Father's not going to run. God doesn't run away from us. We've got to understand, Father God didn't run away from Jesus, his son, and Father God doesn't run away from us when we face storms. 
He doesn't run away. He's there with us. And he says then in verse 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Again, he says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You notice that I want to highlight this in verse 33. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. What Jesus is saying is peace is in relationship with him. If you want to have peace in the storm, you have to know Jesus. But not just know him in the mind, not just know about him, not just know him intellectually, but experience life with him. In other words, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. If you, if you develop and maintain a strong relationship with Jesus, you will be better able to face that storm when it comes. So again, number two, in a storm, having a strong relationship with the Lord is pivotal. And pivotal in any relationship is communication. How can you or, or I know someone well without having any communication with them? How can you know your wife or your children or your husband or your parents well? Or, you know, how can you know them well if you don't have any communication with them? That's kind of odd, right? It's kind of weird, right? So the answer is we can't. Now, Prayer is communication with God. In prayer, we talk with God and God talks with us. It's a two-way conversation. In prayer, we open our hearts to the Lord and honestly express our conditions to him, the good, the bad, and the ugly. In prayer, we run towards the arms of a loving father whose arms are stretched out to receive us no matter what and who is also running towards us, desiring to listen and act on our behalf and for our well-being. Prayer is essential, right? Because prayer is communication, and communication is needed in developing and maintaining a strong relationship with the Lord, just as it is with any relationship that we have. Look at what Luke 15, 20, 24 says. This is the well-known story of the prodigal son. And let's look at what it says. Luke 15, 20, 24, it says this. So he returned home to his father. <clears throat> now, who, who returned? The prodigal son. The prodigal son was the youngest of two sons. He, um, he wanted his inheritance early, uh, and he wanted... Um, that his father gave him all the inheritance that was owed him, and he took the father's inheritance and he went off to live wildly, you know, in another land. But he ran out of the money because he, he just lived very wildly and in, in, irresponsibly. And um, soon he, he, was star he was almost starving to death. Um, he desired to eat pig food, in matter of fact. And this is a Jewish uh, a person who got so, so desperate that he was willing to even contemplate eating what the pigs were eating. But then he had an idea. He had a thought. Man, you know, I've come to this point 
he, he was facing the storm, right? He was facing the storm. He, he made a bad decision in his life. He made a terrible decision. And, and now all of a sudden, this, this bad decision was causing him tremendous amount of pain. He was in a situation where, you know, he was, he was working with pigs. And he was so hungry that he wanted to eat the food that the pigs were eating, which was totally not permitted for, for somebody that, that comes from this culture, Jewish culture. But he didn't care because at that point he was so desperate, I'll even eat pig food. But then something comes to his mind. You know, I was eating better. Um, I was The servants that, that work for my father eat better than me. I left my father's house as a son, and I'm worse off than the servants that are living with my father now. I'm going to go back to my father's house and I am going to tell them, you look what, father, I'm not going to be your son. I come back as a servant and I'm going to live better than the way I'm living now. This is what he's thinking in his mind as he's going through this tremendous trauma, this tremendous storm, because he, he really made a bad choice, a bad decision. Who here in, that's hearing this has never made a bad choice in their life, huh? And yet, this is how he's feeling, so he decides, I'm going to go back. And so, here it is. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servant, Quick! Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Kill the calf that we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. Now you notice what the father does. First of all, this is the character and the essence of who God is. The father represents God. And what, is his, what does it say here? His father saw him coming. Father is always, Father God is always um, looking for our return, right? He's, he, he's not far away from us. He's always there. But he's looking for our heart to return back to him, to turn to him. And what is the essence of Father? He's filled with love and he's filled with compassion. Can, can, you, can you grasp it? that? Who, that's who Father God is. He is love and compassion. And so what does he do? He runs to his son. He doesn't wait for the son to get all the way to him. He run, once he sees that the heart is turned to, to him, he runs towards his son. He embraces him. He kisses him. All signs of love and affection. And then he says, quick, bring to his servants. He says, bring the finest robe in the house, put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Kill the calf. We have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. So in other words, he restores the son's place. It's not like, well, you know, you really screwed up. And I guess you're not going to be my son anymore. And guess what? You are just going to be a servant. And you better be happy with that. No, it's I love you. You're my son and I restore you. 
I restore that relationship that we have. And then it's time for a party, right? Parties are great times to get to know people. Parties are great times to develop strong relationships with people. So, all this to say is this. In a storm, having a strong relationship with the Lord is pivotal. It's pivotal. Pivotal. Now, the third point I want to make is when storms come, remember that Jesus is with us. When storms come, remember that Jesus is with us. We are never alone in the storm. Can we, can we repeat that one more time? We are never alone in the storm. Now, in Mark 4, 35, 38, it says this. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Isn't that sometimes what we do when we are facing a tremendous storm in our life, whatever that storm may be? Sometimes we think, God, where are you, right? Can't you see what I'm going through? Can't you see how much pressure I'm under? Can't you see the stress that I'm under? Can't you see that I'm about to drown, right? And, and so <clears throat> their attitude is, um, Jesus, where are you? Yeah, you're here, but where are you? You know what I'm saying? And we got to remember that <clears throat> Jesus is not anxious. Jesus is chill. You know, he's chill. As a matter of fact, he had to wake him up. He was taking a nap and boom, he's in the middle of this, right? But he didn't leave them. He didn't abandon them. He didn't go somewhere. He is in the boat with them. And you, and you and I have to remember this, that when we face whatever storm may be in our life, with our, in, inside our family, inside our workplace, financially, uh, health-wise, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, right? Jesus is in the boat with us. He doesn't abandon us. He doesn't turn away from us. He doesn't run away from us. He's there in the boat, in the storm, with us. That's important for us. This was an unexpected storm. When it comes, Jesus is in the boat with his disciples, right? That's what the scripture says. It may not feel like Jesus is with us when we're going through a storm in our lives. We may feel like Jesus doesn't care, especially if we focus on the storm. If you focus on the, the storm, the situation, the problem, the issue, the waves, the wind, whatever it may be, right? If you focus on the storm, it feels like, God, where are you? But the key is to believe that no matter how tough 
things get, Jesus is with us and for us. So Jesus is with us. When storms come, remember that Jesus is with us. The fourth point I want to make is we face the storm together with Jesus. Jesus isn't only with us, but Jesus is there helping us to face the storm. Jesus isn't, you know, a couch potato just basically there watching the storm. Jesus is there to encourage us, to empower us, and to give us peace in the middle, supernatural peace, in the middle of the storm. Jesus is there helping us face the storm. We face the storm together with Jesus. Mark 4, 39 to 41 says this, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and it was great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Jesus does not run away from the storm. Jesus faced it. Jesus is saying to us, as he said to them, have faith. I am with you. We will face the storm together. Together. He's saying to us, as he said to them, don't be afraid because I have, I have the power to calm any storm in your life. Isn't that good news? That's awesome news. So folks, in summary, I want to highlight four things. Storms are unavoidable. In a storm, having a strong relationship with the Lord is pivotal. When storms come, remember that Jesus is with us. We face the storm together with Jesus. Before I end this message today, I want to read this passage of scripture to all of you, to encourage all of you, if you're going through a storm or if you know of someone that is. And this, uh, these scripture verses are found in Romans 8, 35 to 39. And with this, we'll end. Starting in verse 35, Romans 8, 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we're killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, 
overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Folks, remember, God loves you. God loves your family. God knows about the situation that you're going through. God is with you in that situation. And God will empower you to face it. You will face it together. Jesus will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. Remember that. God bless.